The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Helps if I unmute myself, folks. I was saying good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and I am coming to you from live from my home. And uh, our producer, Traven, is coming to you live from his home, and our guests are going to be joining us live from their home this morning. Uh, this I cannot start this show without making at least this statement that um, this is a show about autism. And we're going to be talking about autism today, but autism happens in the world. And sometimes it is important for us to at least touch on things that are obviously happening in the world. And I know that um, we are a world that is facing trying times because of a pandemic. And we are a nation here in the United States that is in mourning and grief and fear and anger and you know how many other things. And I just wanted to say, because we, we have a platform here that, um, you know, it's, I, I've learned from autism to look at behavior and see it as communication. All behavior is communication. And I know that I watched a video of uh, a man who was begging for his life, who was able to communicate and he was not being listened to. And that everything that was happening was communication. And I think that that was received loud and clear by a lot of people who were here with that, that this has been communicated before and it does not seem to be doing any good, the communication, the way it is happening. And I, I, have, to, I have to say that, you know, I, I too uh, support and, and believe that, you know, it, we're, we're here with that and change has to come. And I am a big supporter of, of peaceful protest um, we now have protests that is not peaceful. And as we are looking at that and investigating that, we're seeing time and time again that that's being investigated, in, instigated, excuse me, instigated by people who do not have good intentions, who are not about that videotape um, and, and what has been happening consistently um, with the police. And I just wanna say, this is not the time to waffle. And, and for everybody who is concerned about um, the destruction that is happening, I just want to say to you, you need to be, however much outraged you are about that, you need to be that times a million and eight about what is happening and, and what happened in that street with that police officer's neck on that man as he begged for his life. And if you are not concerned because of your humanity, I want you to check yourself because we all need to be concerned 
right? But if you aren't and you, and you and that does not stir you, let me just say, because I know that a large portion of our audience are people that are on the spectrum or love people on the spectrum. If you can't be concerned for any other reason, you need to get concerned for that reason, because we have seen this happen to members of our community, people who could not communicate and say, I am, I can't breathe. Um, and so get concerned. If, if you can't believe that our police force needs training and needs to be dealt with differently, then um, get that way because we have more than enough evidence. We've taken the data on this and it, it, our police force is not properly trained. And um, they don't know how to recognize when people can't communicate and they need to be trained properly so that we do not have the racial profiling that's happening. And that's what I wanna say about that. Um, but we're gonna continue on and we're gonna talk about autism because that's what we do here. But I couldn't let that go. Uh, we stand, I stand in support and I think we at Autism Live stand in support with peaceful protest. It has, change has to, has to come. Uh, okay. Um, and we should be outraged. All right, now I'm done. I, I want to say to you that we're going to be live for this next hour. And we've got a really incredible week this week. You know, I don't know about you, but when I feel like I don't have control over um, what's happening, I, 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 the first question I ask, what do I have control over? What could we be doing? How can we be making things better in our corner of the world in lots and lots of different ways? And that's really what this week is power packed with. So um, we're gonna get into that in just a minute, but I've got some really good stuff for you today and I've got some really good stuff for you this week. In particular, something that I wanna highlight is that on Thursday for the first time ever on the show, we're welcoming uh, Courtney Tarbox. And um, she's a wonderful BCBA who's getting ready to do a series on ACT, which is Acceptance Commitment Therapy for Kids with ASD. This is the cutting edge of, of, of what we should be doing with individuals on the autism spectrum and the autism community, that greater autism community that I'm always talking about, um, the people who love them. Lots of research has been being done on ACT, Acceptance Commitment Therapy, and they're finding that it helps with all the stress all the things that we're all experiencing right now, it helps with that. Um, and that when caregivers have this training that they are better equipped to help their kiddos, their kiddos make more progress. But now Courtney's taking it into another field where she's talking about doing this with our kiddos. You guys have been writing in and saying about how your kids are anxious. They don't wanna wear their masks, they're confused. Tune in on Thursday, cause she's gonna be talking with us about this seminar that she's gonna be doing that's absolutely incredible with just rock stars talking about ACT and, and giving the tools of ACT to kids with ASD. So this is like groundbreaking stuff here that's happening on Thursday. So, uh, but the whole week really is designed to help mitigate stress, solve problems in the realm of the things that we can solve because heaven knows there are things I cannot solve, right? But we work, we work and we move forward progress, right? So uh, anyway, as I mentioned, this show, we hope to provide information and inspiration. I keep jiggling my camera, sorry, Draven. Um, that's what we're here for. We hope uh, to reach to that greater autism community that starts with individuals who are on the autism spectrum, of course. 
and uh, helping them to get the resources that they want and to feel the respect and the dignity and get the jobs that they so richly deserve, right? But then we really are also about everyone who loves these individuals, right? Uh, whether that's a spouse, um, a parent, uh, an uncle, a friend, um, you know, if you care about somebody who's on the autism spectrum, we wanna help you to get to the resources and the support that you need as well as that individual so that we can get, all get there together. That's what this show is about. We hope that you will write in your questions, your comments, your concerns, rant. If you need a place to say, you know, things, as long as it's not hate uh, speech, you know, we'll take everything else. And, and remember, you know, we talk about uh, anger, you know, you're entitled to your anger, right? But let's remember that anger is, is always, always masking fear. Everybody take a deep breath there, right? So, you know, feel free to write in about what you're angry about, at, but then let, let's start to deal with what is the fear beneath the anger? Because it's the real thing and it's where we all need to go eventually. As you're watching things on TV and you're seeing people who are angry, remember that that anger is based in fear, real fear. Um, and that's equally important. Okay, so, but write into us. There's lots of ways to write into us. Uh, saying hello to Christina, saying hello to Gamel and Valerie, who's writing to us from Georgia, and uh, Nervinas, uh, okay, and Amanda. Uh, and Amanda asked the question, is uh, Courtney Tarbox related to Jonathan? In fact, she is married to him. I had said on Friday, you guys will recognize the name. This is Dr. Jonathan Tarbox's wife. Courtney Tarbox. Isn't that super cool? Uh, so how wonderful is that? I got to be with Dr. Uh, Jonathan Tarbox just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was graduating a class uh, from USC because, you know, he teaches at USC now. And he was graduating a wonderful class of new um, BCBAs who have their master's degree in applied behavior analysis and uh, I got to be the keynote speaker. It was like one of the greatest thrills of my life. And I got to be there with Dr. Uh, Tarbox who spoke and just like, you know, we were all in tears. So uh, anyway, hello from Congo. Woo! I think that's a first. Uh, good morning from Ghana. Uh, oh. And she says, my son who was black was cuffed and had a gun cocked at him because he had a meltdown. I left to go to Ghana since then. Bless your heart, I'm sending you a hug. Uh, Swathi, hello, say hi to Siri for us, okay? Uh, and Sam has written in and said, I need help. My son is scared to go to the bathroom. Potty training help, please. You know, we've got a, a, a big potty training um, thing that's coming uh, that we filmed, but I'm gonna tell you the shortcut to potty training and that's Google Fox and Azrin. So it's Fox, F-O-X-X, Azrin, A-Z-R-I-N. That is the method that everybody uses. We've talked about it here on the show. You can Google on the show when we talk about it, but that is the method. Um, you can find lots of information online about Fox and Azrin. The key is to go super duper slow and to make it super reinforcing. You know, first you got to make the bathroom reinforcing, right? So that the bathroom is the cool place to go. Then you got to find things that are reinforcing to the kiddo that, um, that they will want to hang out in the bathroom for a period of time. You need to be, you know, giving your child lots of water and, and keeping a chart of, okay, I gave them water at 1022 and they wet the diaper at 1101. 
And you need to do that for a couple of weeks before you get started so that you have an idea. I didn't know this before my child was potty trained, but um, I, didn't, I didn't know that each of us has a timer in our body. Did you know this? That when you drink water, it's a timeable thing of how long before you have to go to the bathroom. I had no idea that it was like, everybody has a number. Do you know what your number is? Um, I did not know. I'm somebody who does live shows and it never, nobody ever said to me, oh, if you drink something at this time, you for sure will have to go to the bathroom at that time. So it helps you to be able to catch, uh, you know, before accidents, when you get a baseline of what that is. So once you have all that information and they love going to the bathroom and the bathroom is this exciting place, you have a timer and you're going to set up a schedule of, you know, so if you let's say that your child's baseline time is 21 minutes, you set up a timer for 19 minutes, you feed them salty snacks, you give them water, you set you set the timer so that you know we're we're going to the bathroom at 19 minutes and then you have your potty dance, you go to the bathroom, it's very reinforcing, you put them on the toilet, you set the timer for 5 minutes, if they pee in the potty, great. You celebrate, everything's wonderful, they get big big treats. If they don't after 5 minutes because you don't want their legs to go to sleep, you take them off the potty and you set the timer for two minutes, right? Hopefully they don't go in that two minutes. If they do, you start all over again, right? You're going to catch it. But once they pee in the potty, uh, woo, and you start, you set the timer all over and you got to do that for like two to four days where you don't do anything else but that. And sometimes you just like put your kid in a long t-shirt, no no diaper, no underwear, so that you know exactly what's going on, right? And, and you're, we're all home now, so do it at home. Anyway, Fox and Azrin, it gets it done. Sometimes, kids, it takes longer. And if you do it for like, you know, four days and you go, look, it's just not working at all, then you take a break and you go, child's not ready. And you revisit, right? But you can do it. Fox and Azrin, Google it. It's really good. Uh, Switzerland that we have in the house. Uh, wow. And Swathi says she didn't know either. Did we know that there was a potty timer there? Internal timer? There is. Uh, hi from Northeast Connecticut. Uh, glad that you're here. Grandma of a three-year-old grandson. Thank you for listening to me the other day. We just are thrilled that you guys are here. Okay. Um, so uh, I forgot where I was. Hey, we have a lot of experts that are going to be on the show this week. I like to remind you guys that I'm not one of them. I think I did mention that there's lots of ways to connect with us. So write in in any of the ways that you prefer, whether it's on Facebook Live, on YouTube. You don't even have to show it, Traven, because we were, I took up too much time with the Fox and Azrin thing. But um, you can also watch us on live on YouTube. You can watch us live on our homepage, autism-live.com. The other day we were having a problem with the chat. We are no longer having problems. You can write in as much as you want there. It's free and anonymous. So uh, very excited. Okay, we like to start Mondays with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. And I'm going to pedal through the metal through this because we have fabulous guests coming up. Uh, and today's term is BCAT. We touched on this just briefly on Thursday because we talked about what an RBT was. So let's take a look at what our uh, actual definition of a BCAT is. A BCAT is a board certified autism technician. That is what they are. And go ahead and let's go to our uh, working definition of what a BCAT is. And again, we did talk about this on Thursday, but if you missed that, a BCAT is an autism specific credential given after training experience and a rigorous exam. So a lot of times now insurance is, is it's mandatory that you have someone that has some sort of credentialing that is giving therapy. 
They won't pay for a therapist who's just come off the street and gotten training. They want them to be certified in some way. More and more insurances are doing this. And they usually are picking one of two certifications, either the RBT, the Registered Behavior Technician, which we talked about on Thursday, or the BCAT, which is the Board Certified Autism Technician. The difference between the two of them is that for an RBT, it specifies that they have training and knowledge in ABA. The BCAT um, asks that they have training and knowledge about uh, ABA in the field of autism. And that is the difference, the major difference between the two. Uh, there's a course of study that people have to do, then they have to take exams, and then there are also practicum that they have to do working with another professional in order to get certified. You can get certified um, to do any of the, these things. You can start by taking the classes online. As a parent, I um, felt that it, my child would do better the more I learned, right? Because science bears that out. So um, I talk all the time about IBT, the Institute for Behavioral Training. They offer trainings, and, and right now they have free trainings for parents um, on their ibehavioraltraining.com site. But they also offer online the RBT trainings and, excuse me, the BCAT trainings. What they did, because they're smart, excuse me, um, is that they decided, you know, somebody might be coming here for an RBT and somebody might be coming here for BCAT training. Let's do all the things that have to be done for both of them in one training. Um, and it's a 40 hour training. So if you do their training, you're getting all of the things that the RBT would need to know and all of the things that a BCAT would know and in preparation for taking the exam, that part of the, the qualification. So um, I know that some of you will write in and say, I'm having a problem because there are enough therapists in the center that I go to or the office that I use for ABA, but they, I need a BCAT and there's not enough BCATs to go around. Um, so I just encourage you uh, as a parent, I wanna know what therapists need to know, right? Um, so you can get that training too. I think on IBT that if you did the entire RBT BCAT training, I think if you paid for all of them, I think it would be like $440. But if you ask them for a discount, um, say that you watch Autism Live and ask them for a discount and hopefully they will give that to you, they should. All right, moving on. We always have a question of the day for you. Uh, and our question today, if you had $5 million and you had to give it to charity, where would you donate? Who would you donate to it? $5 million, you can't keep it. You gotta give it away. Which charities would you give it to? I think it's a great day to be shouting out charities. Go ahead, write this on our Facebook page, on our YouTube page, wherever you want to shout out those charities because I think that's a very interesting topic. Where would you give $5 million to? And you could give you know, a million to one and a million to another, but you gotta give it away. I can't wait to see what you guys write. Wouldn't it be fun? Let's mentally spend $5 million to charity today. That to me is like a spa vacation. Okay, moving on. Uh, we always have a topic for the week and because it's Monday, we have a new topic and our topic today is changing your mind. Um, sometimes it's really hard to change your mind about something or you know, yourself or other people, or whatever it is that, or, or, or what you believe could happen or might happen, right? But I love the equation that um, what we think becomes what we say, becomes what we do, becomes who we are. And that's how we feel, right? You know, so if you, 
you know, there's a whole bunch of things we don't have control over, but you can change your mind. And if you change your mind about anything, um, what is possible? Um, so I would just ask you today that think about like, what are the beliefs that you hold? There's a wonderful lesson in skills that we teach our kiddos on the autism spectrum about false beliefs that we teach them because we're trying to teach them to understand their own thought process. And we're also we're, we're teaching them about the fact that they have a thought process that is happening that nobody can see, um, excuse me, and that other people are having a thought process that we can't see too. And, and that that's multi-layered, right? That people have motives, that they might say one thing and do another thing, right? These are very important things for somebody to learn. And on the autism spectrum, there's the potential that there's a deficit there, right? So skills teaches and has lessons about this. So first, you know, and it's just, you know, they teach this in school too, is that, you know, what's the difference between an opinion and a fact, right? And then from there, skills takes it and says, you know, you have a belief. There's a whole set of lessons where they have things like cereal boxes, like their favorite cereal, and they'll have it on the table and they'll say to the kiddo, this is a more advanced skill, but they'll say to the kiddo, what's in the cereal box? And the kiddo will say, you know, cereal is in the cereal box, right? But then they open it up and it's a toy car to teach them that even though something looks like something, that doesn't necessarily mean that it is. And a lot of times the things that we have going on are because we have built a belief system around what makes sense. And especially when you have a kiddo who um, it, it has challenges in any way, shape or form, it's gonna challenge that. And sometimes we have to change our mind. It's not as scary as it sounds. Um, I find that the times in my life when I've had an epiphany, right, which is really what we're talking about here, uh, when I've had an epiphany, it hasn't been this big, loud, brass band kind of thing. It's usually a very quiet ping, but you feel everything separate and dissipate and you get laser focus and it's actually a very pleasant experience. So what are you holding on to? What are your false beliefs? What's hanging you up? And maybe you start with asking yourself, if I believed something else, what would my life look like? And if it's better, it's time to change your mind. Change your mind. It's possible. We're going to be talking about that all this week. Okay, so great guests today. Uh, we're already a couple of seconds late here for Bonnie Yates. The amazing special education attorney, Bonnie Yates, is going to be joining us. Bonnie said something to us on Thursday. And she said, um, she said, oh, I want people to know about this service that I heard about. She said, I don't know much more than, about it, but um, it's this place called Air Tutors. And I said, Bonnie, I'm going to get them on the show. So uh, Hassan Ali from Air Tutors is going to join us a little bit later on in the show to talk about this amazing service that Bonnie uh, told us about. And I, I looked them up and I'm sort of really jazzed about them. And it might be a solution for you if you're having trouble with the long distance learning. So, and Bonnie said, if possible, she would stick around because she was the instigator of this. So uh is bonnie with us traven let's see if she is, there. She is oh, i think that's her now yeah. uh well, hey bonnie are you there i am how are you this morning i'm good thank you yeah. uh thrilled to have you here and i was just saying that you on thursday uh mentioned that there was this place called air tutors that you'd heard about 
um, that you were going to be uh, interested in looking more at, but that it might be a solution for some of our families. I told you I was going to get them here on the show. Little, first, you and I are going to spend some time together, and then a little bit later on this hour, Hassan Ali from Air Tutors is going to join us to talk about Air Tutors and what they do and how they might be of use to our viewers here on the show. So uh, Bonnie, though, is a special education attorney, and she is joining us from the Tolner Law Offices. And Bonnie, tell us a little bit about Tolner and give us a disclaimer um, about what you are going to talk about. Hi, good morning, Shannon. Uh, Toner Law Offices is an aid attorney, special education disability discrimination firm. We're based in San Jose with offices in ooh, El Segundo and Irvine. Um, we, uh, hmm. we are going to be talking to you today about your legal rights under the IDA, IDEA and the California Education Code. That should not be substituted for getting specific advice about your specific problem, which we're very happy to do in California. Uh, so if you have a question, go to our website, which is uh, can be found at you know Google Tolner Law Offices, T-O-L-L-N-E-R, and you can fill in a very brief intake form and an attorney will get back to you within 24 hours. If you're out of the state of California and you still need help, Go to www.copaa.net and look in their attorney directory. There's good people listed there. Um, I, I think we might have questions, but before we go back to those, I was going to kind of rip through some stuff that I found about extended school year and comp ed. Is that okay? Or do you want to do the Yes, because it goes right in with what, a lot of what we're going to be talking about. So yeah, go right for okay. it. Okay. All right. So I do have to tell you, Bonnie, that we have a, a huge uh, amount of people that are watching us internationally today uh -huh. um, from all over, uh, you know, but uh, and I, I don't I don't know if they've they're here because they want to know about the air tutors, but we have a large international audience today. Wow. Well, I want to hear about the air tutors, too. So let's get through my stuff and get through the air tutors. OK, so get this New Hampshire, place you hear a lot about. Their governor, whose name is John Sununu, which is a very interesting last name to have, has a lot of use in it, um, just signed a, an order, an uh, executive order, in consultation with disability organizations about how they're going to handle ESY and comp ed. Apparently, he got in some hot water because he didn't consult with school districts. But anyway, here's what he rolled out. Wish we had something like this. By 6.30 of 2020, every district is going to have, every school district in the state of New Hampshire is going to have met with its students and individually and determined what extended school year services they are going to get. And you don't know, you don't need to ask me about a definition of ESY because I will uh, get back to you in a minute with a definition of that. So, but anticipating that, that people would want that. For fall, they're saying within the first 30 days of the fall school year in New Hampshire, the district is gonna have an IEP meeting with each family to determine what compensatory education they are entitled to, to, and I'm quoting from the order, to make up for school closure regression or failure to make anticipated or expected progress uh, as far as FAPE. So 
that basically means that school districts cannot delay uh, on moving on this issue for kids that, that you know, that uh, are entitled to comp ed. And the comment was that although, you know, uh, this is one of the disability rights people in New Hampshire that they consulted with in coming up with the order. She said, distance learning has worked well for some students. However, many have been left behind and regressed. So that's an interesting thing. So yeah. then, then they are talking to their, their, the educators about do's and don'ts for planning summer 2020 ESY offerings. Uh, and so the, the takeaway on that is everybody's doing it differently. Every state, every school district. Um, in a typical year, the administration of ESY is far from predictable, but usually has dependable and similar structures from year to year. This year, special education administrators are planning for the unknown, including uncertain levels of funding, location, and timing of service, as well as teacher and student eligibility. They do have a separate article, by the way, on where the, the comp ed funds might come from, which is interesting. Okay. We're all in this unique situation together and we're trying to do our best, said Kevin Rubenstein, Director of Student Services Technology and Assessment for the Lake Bluff, Illinois School District 65. Many localities have already determined what uh, students will qualify for ESY summer session based on decisions made by each student's IEP team. While many IEP teams look at the regression of skills to determine qualifications for ESY, I can't read this morning, sorry. States have different standards that advise team members in those states on ESY decisions. So they talk about these different standards um, and the uncertainty going forward and they make the following suggestions. Do provides ESY services, even though there's uh, uncertainty about you know, what and how to do it. Do collect and analyze data. Do communicate with parents. Don't automatically offer ESY to every student. Decisions about ESY eligibility and services are made by each student's IEP team based on individualized data. ESY should not be automatically offered to all students with IEPs. The idea does not mandate when ESY determination should be made, but these decisions should be made in a timely fashion. Don't confuse ESY and compensatory services. The purpose of ESY is to help students maintain skills for the provision of FAPE, whereas comp ed enables students to make progress and are a way to address the denial of FAPE, which would be during school closure, as outlined in a student's IEP. Both determinations are made on an individual case-by-case -case basis. So I don't know if you want me to stop, but I had a couple more things. Three things to remember about comp ed and then the standard for ESY. Okay, I think, go ahead and continue. Go, go, go. Because okay. I do think this is the new, you know, this is the first time that we're really starting to see movement of what are we going to get for the summer and the fall? Right. And maybe, maybe you know, New Hampshire is going to set the bar. We don't know, but I think this is more information than we've had previously. Okay, just remember, they say these. Are, this is them talking to school administrators. Compensatory education must be individualized to each student. While templates and formulas may assist IEP and Section 504 teams in documenting their determinations regarding comp ed. 
It is critical to remember that a student's unique circumstances must govern the need type and amount of compensatory services. The amount of comp ed a student needs may not necessarily be an hour for hour replacement of the services lost, and it often isn't. We could talk about why if you want, but I'm gonna not get into that so much now. IEP and Section 504 teams should consider whether and how a student made progress while receiving distance instruction. Uh, and then finally, what is ESY? ESY is special education and related services that one are beyond the normal school year in accordance with the IEP and at no cost appearance, and two meets the standards of the state educational agency. ESY must be only if the IEP team determines that services are necessary for the provision of FAPE. Districts providing ESY must not limit ESY services to particular categories of disability or unilaterally limit the type amount or duration of services. So that's my rant. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think it's some clarity about what ESY is and what it isn't and, and how it's gonna be doled out. Uh, you did say something interesting there, though, about the one-to-one -one relationship of comp ed. And um, there, like a couple of weeks ago, we were hearing there was the potential of two-to-one. This said it won't necessarily be one-to-one, -one, and you were saying there were for reasons for that. What I'm curious, what, what are you thinking it's going to be, or what do you think that means? Well, in California, there's a case that says some things about uh, comp ed. And, and limits how much you can have um, or may limit how much you can have. If people want more info on that, I can look at the California comp ed cases because that might be very interesting to, to peek at. So let me do that. But that proposal was from a disability rights organization that was proposing two to one comp ed. And I think I said at the time, it's nice, but it'll never happen. You know, so I mean, yeah. this, you know, we aren't really, um, we don't really have guidance yet on the full impact of the school closure because it's not over yet. So we can't really look at that. We'll have to look at past cases and individual scenarios and what kind of compensatory education they uh, were able to obtain. It's obviously easier if you have an expert. You can usually kind of consult with the expert and they can recommend an amount of, of compensatory education and a rationale for same. like. If comp ed is supposed to be uh, in, intended to make up for a denial of FAPE, seems to me you'd have to look at what FAPE is, what FAPE was supposed to be, and then you know start to back it out from there. Same analysis with ESY, you gotta look at you know what is the recruitment um, regression relationship, and then you can start talking about what it's gonna take to get the student you know, back up and running when school opens, because we anticipate there's gonna be some regression, but we'd like the student to be back up to where they were within the first month of school. And if it's gonna take them three, four months to get back to where they were, they're gonna miss all that new learning that's going on simultaneously. These are always, yeah. gonna, be, these are always gonna be individualized determinations. And the more evidence you have that supports your position, the more likely it is that you're gonna get something meaningful. Okay. I think we've got time for one question here. Can I throw it at you? It's, yeah. full of jargon. it's full of jargon that I don't know. And, and so I don't know. My son turned three in March. We had our first ARD meeting for PPCD 
I don't know if that's a school district or something else in February. And he's approved for special ed and also 30 minutes a week speech therapy. We couldn't enroll him when he turned three because of our school district being closed indefinitely due, due to COVID. My question is, if he's enrolled for fall semester, will he get the 30-minute speech therapy in some way, in home or online, even if the district is closed for in-school services? Well, there should be an online enrollment mechanism that you can take advantage of. Go back to the district website. I don't think it's okay to to um to prevent you from enrolling and then saying they're unilateral prevention of enrollment means you don't get the services beforehand I, I think whatever your game is you need to step it up a little and i want to say this in the nicest way but you got to reach out to the superintendent and the director of special education and you got to tell them that you want to work with them but you're really frustrated and you know you feel like your next step is going to be consulting with an attorney and you don't want to be in the position of having compensatory education because your student really needs the services now. You know, I poke things a lot and I get things moving. I get things unlog jammed. And it's not that I'm doing anything particularly miraculous. It's just that I know where to poke. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you're dealing with an administrator and your situation is going nowhere, you get her supervisor's name and you work your way up the chain of command and you make some noise and you're gonna get the you're gonna get the clot unstuck. There That's we go. It's so hard, I think, especially when you have a three-year-old, because uh, you know, this family is probably new to this process. Yeah, they are. And, and you don't know what you don't know, right? So, and especially it's COVID, so this seems like a new circumstance. So they tell you, oh yeah, enroll your child, you're gonna get services. Sorry, you can't enroll, we're having COVID. And you know, you don't know. You don't know what, but I agree with Bonnie. Go back and I, I, the trick. Yeah, I think, uh, oops, whoa, what did I just do wrong? You're there, we have you. Okay, I just wanna look up, cause there, from what I remember, there's a really fabulous attorney in Texas who I think totally, totally, totally. Yeah, this guy, Martin Sirkiel, C-I-R-K-I-E-L, he is in uh, Round Rock, Texas. I'll, um, I'll send Shannon his website. Okay. Um, he's the person you should talk to because I, 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 when I was licensed in Texas, which I'm not anymore, I gave it up, but I talked to him and I thought he was super cool. Like okay. I just, he's, he's, he's who you want to talk to. So let me just send his stuff to Shannon right now. Okay. Uh, that's what you need to do. Talk to him, but my, my, uh, my comments, I think should apply in all states, which is you gotta go, gotta go up the chain of command. And you know, if you, if you bug somebody enough, um, it's likely that, that they're gonna pay attention to you because they wanna make you shut up. And I'm really quite proud of myself because I just had somebody do a sleazy Airbnb cancel. They said I could cancel for, you know, full refund because of COVID. And then they kind of changed their tune, although I had an email. And I basically just wrote Airbnb and I'm like, listen, I'm an attorney. I know how to file a lawsuit in small claims court. I hope it doesn't have to come to that. Here's what happened. And I'm gonna call you every single day until we get this resolved. Anyway, 
I woke up on, on Sunday morning to an, an inbox from Airbnb saying, good news. You got to You got to keep at it, guys. It's really, it's really hard to be that obnoxious, but I, that's what you have to do. So persistence. Our topic last week was the Maya Angelou quote, never take a no from somebody who wasn't authorized to give you a yes. Thank so you. Gotta Thank be you. That's um, okay. So <laughs> I want to address a couple of quick things here. I just sent the, the email off to Traven and, and Traven will post that lawyer in both the Facebook and the YouTube group, his email so that you guys, his website, not his email so that you guys will be able to find that we're on YouTube and on, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, the, web. the world wide web. Yeah. The world wide web. So there's that. And there've been a couple of questions that have come in that are specific and not about lawyer things about child spitting and about manding for potty. I, I, I'm going to promise we're going to deal with those before we go off the air today. Even if we have to stay late, I will address those questions. Um, but I believe that we are, have our, um, guest Hassan Ali from air tutors, uh, who's able to join us right now, Bonnie. Um, so Traven, if, if he is there, go ahead and let uh, uh, that, is that him? Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and let him in. Hassan, hello. Welcome to autism live. Thanks. How are you guys? We're thrilled to be. And. So I'm Shannon, and this is Bonnie, the special education attorney who brought you brought up your service on Thursday. She said she'd hang out to be here during this interview. So Hassan, tell us what Air Tutors is and what you guys do. Yeah, sure. Um, well, thanks for having me, and thank you so much, Bonnie, for uh, um, increasing awareness about us. I really appreciate that. Um, and I was going to send you an email actually later on today, letting you know that I uh, hopped on with Shannon and um, thank you for, again, for the opportunity. So we started about right four years you. ago. Wait, what? I said right back at you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we started four years ago with the incredible transformation of a learning different student. Uh, that student, um, she had uh, ADHD, dyslexia, and visual and uh, visual and auditory processing issues. And um, I was actually tutoring her in person at the time. And um, when the mom found out, it was taking me an hour and a half to get to her house and get back home. Uh, the mom, she was like, Hassan, we are doing this online. Uh, so right when we switched to the online format, actually her uh, daughter's level of engagement just skyrocketed. And the mom and I were like, what the heck just happened? So uh, we, we sat her down and we asked her, why is this working for you so well? And she said it felt like a strange video game. Um, and right when she said that, it made so much sense to me because um, the, the way we were working together, I... Uh, had her always, I had her headphones on, first of all, uh, which eliminated outside distractions. So her dog and her brother weren't running around and yelling in the background. And um, the whiteboard we made, uh, she always had to have her uh, fingers on her trackpad or her iPad, whatever she wanted to use. So she was always tactilely stimulated and that helped keep her engagement. And then I also used a lot of uh, vivid colors and live animations so that, um, it, you know, it made learning way more visual and uh, the colors made it more like engaging for her. So instead of me just saying like, my thing is chemistry. So instead of me just telling or uh, saying like, hey, imagine the electron circles and nucleus, I was actually able to make the electron orbit the nucleus. So uh, those little things just like really helped 
uh, helped get her attention. So, I mean, um, with that, we were able to like partner with school districts and private schools all around California. And uh, now we actually have data driven uh, uh, results demonstrating that we work amazingly well for SPED students and students of all learning types, uh, traditional and accelerated. Okay, so the, the service that you provide, how, uh -huh. like tell us a little bit about who your ideal students are, who what circumstances might be good and how somebody would connect with you guys. That's a lot. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we, we, we try our best to personalize the experience based on every student's unique needs. So um, we operate in 15 minute intervals. So if a student, uh, you know, sometimes uh, students can't keep uh, attention for a whole hour or uh, they don't even need one whole hour of support. Sometimes students just need 45 minutes, 30 minutes of quick check-ins. Um, we also have a bunch of educational therapists that we've partnered with. Um, and we also have um, awesome tutors that could help with test prep and academic uh, uh, support services. Um, and so it depends on whatever the family uh, and the student needs. Um, we can create a customized program based upon uh, where they're at. So either if it's like now, I, I guess it's June, so we can do a lot of summer enrichment programs to help uh, mitigate that learning loss that was associated with school closures. Um, and we could even do it in small groups. So if a student has like a friend that they wanna work with, um, we can make it a little bit more fun for the student in that regard. Is there an age that is, uh, that you guys, range that you guys work with? Yeah, so um, the youngest we've worked with is uh, third grade. Um, and we also have a program going on at UC Berkeley. But our K-12 uh, sweet spot is from uh, third grade to 11th grade for sure. Okay, Bonnie, I like as a lawyer and as somebody that's looking for comp ed um, for, you know, for, for some students, um, I, I know this was part of our interest in Air Tutors is that you're seeing potential here for families to say, okay, this might be something. Bonnie, do you have any questions for him? Well, uh, I, I'd love to see some specific visuals, although I understand that might be hard to do now. I'd like to do a demo of the program. And I'd also like to say, it doesn't even have to be for comp ed. It could be for current ed during school closure. If, yeah. if have you, um, have you had an occasion yet to work with any students that are responding poorly to the distance learning that districts, uh, at least here in California, have been providing? Yeah, definitely. And that's um, where we're finding a lot of engagement currently is um, students are just uh, teachers and administrators are coming to us and asking uh, uh, with the uh, feedback saying that whatever they're working on currently is not keeping their engagement. Mm -hmm. um, so then uh, when they switch over to our platform, we see all fun uh, types of testimonials saying, hey, I feel so much more productive. Actually, I could just read one out uh, real quick. Uh, this is from assistant superintendent. Um, uh, I just got that this morning. Uh, student really likes uh, air tutors better than uh, Zoom sessions. He says he feels more productive with his teacher, with the workspace. And how cool is it that my own little guy is on your platform and learning and staying connected? Um, so that was, uh, we work with one of the school districts in Southern California. Uh, that was the assistant superintendent's uh, own son using our platform, um, wow. which is really cool to see her uh, feedback like that. Um, 
and you know but my whole thing is like zoom is awesome for uh what we're doing currently um it's a video conferencing platform it's not an educational experience so they're they're creating processes around trying to make it an educational experience but they weren't designed for education um so we we came at it with the angle of uh really uh creating awesome technologies uh for teachers that help create student uh, achievement results um, is there a way to do a demo? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could um, try to set that up. Real quick. I mean, not 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 now. Not, not right now. Not oh, on the yeah. air. But like yeah. for for Bonnie to check yeah. it out later. Okay, cool. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So my my I'm curious about the fact that uh, you've been you've been doing this in Southern California, but if there's a parent in New York who's like, I want to be doing this service. I'll figure out my funding. I don't necessarily need to go through my school district. Are you guys able to help? You know, we have people watching internationally right now who are concerned about their students. Do you have a limit of only doing things in Southern California? No, not at all. Um, so that's actually how we started uh, from that first uh, student that I, I uh, mentioned to you. Her cousin started reaching out to us. Her family friends started reaching out to us from all over the world. And um, we've partnered with a bunch of uh, schools and organizations. Okay. How do people start, Hassan? Yeah. Um, so if you could email me, uh, that'd be the uh, best case scenario. Uh, and um, it, my email is just Hassan, H-A-S-A-N, at airtutors.org. And just uh, send me a little blurb about um, what your students' needs are, where you're at, and I could give you a call and reach out, and we could come up with a uh, program that works best for uh, works best for not only your student, but the whole family. And where, like, I know you guys have a website because I went and looked at it before calling you. Tell them about where they can go to find more info. Sure. Uh, the, our website is uh, www.airtutors.org, A-I-R-T-U-T-O-R-S.org. Wonderful. Um, and, and on there, you show some of the different tutors and what their backgrounds are. You have some pretty impressive... Uh, folks working for you that know some pretty impressive yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, one thing we've done a really, really great job at is finding educators that have awesome personalities that can shine through web-based mediums. So beyond their academic brilliance, uh, we find people that are um, really engaging, really fun to be with so that students have a great time during the session. Um, and we, we also have sign language uh, tutors as well, um, which has been a huge need um, as of late. So like students with um, uh, deaf and hard of hearing students, um, even if, uh, so one of our districts had a uh, international transfer student from Vietnam that only knows Vietnamese sign language, not American sign language. Uh, remarkably, which was awesome. In two days, we were able to partner with an international organization based in Vietnam, recruited one of their educators, um, and that educator is buzzing into our classroom on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings in California to teach our student English through Vietnamese Sign Language, which has been an awesome global like collaborative moment. Wow. And one of the questions, one of the first questions I asked you is that, you know, our audience, you know, they have kiddos, that are on the spectrum. And, and I said, is that something that you guys are afraid of? Or do you think you can handle that? And you told me, we, you know, we, we absolutely can handle it. Yeah, for sure. And 
Um, uh, um, I, I love that population uh, because, you know, a lot of times the students have low social anxiety sometimes. Um, the web-based medium helps mitigate that. Um, so if they have different fidgets and they want to just tap, they, they don't have that pressure of, of feeling awkward. Um, and then our experience makes it just so much more collaborative and engaging that uh, they're able to like help learn and uh, stay focused on the topic. Well, of course, uh, go ahead, Bonnie. Oh, I just sent you an email because I, nice. I want to look at your website. It's very easy to sign up. What is the cost? Um, so, you know, especially during this time, um, we're doing our best to like really make it um, as uh, flexible as possible to meet each uh, uh, family's needs. So, um, you know, <laughs> With 40 million uh, plus unemployed in our nation alone, I, I think this time we, it requires a little bit of flexibility on all of our accounts. So um, whatever the budget is, uh, we could try our best to uh, um, help create like a, a support program for that family, either that, by grouping it one-on-one -on -one to like drag down the cost or whatever it is. That's very cool. And also, I mean, my take on this, no guarantees, obviously, but this is the kind of service that if parents were to give the district 10 business days notice that they were purchasing this, they would be able to make a claim for reimbursement from the school district. Awesome. So oh, that, that may help as well. And I'm curious, uh, with your current clients, do you have any sense of what, what the percentage is of how many people are paying out of pocket and how many people are getting funding through other sources? Yeah, it's um, it's really half and half right now. Um, and um, it was, uh, you know, we started off with private schools and boarding schools, um, and uh, that population has been growing. Um, and now we're really getting into the public schools space. So um, with that transition, it's been pretty leveled off. All right. Well, I think you've got to hire some more people, Hassan, because we're going to be talking about you, <laughs> and you're going to you're going to need a small army. So arm up. Because uh, I'll tell you, this is, the, this is the number one thing that parents are concerned about right now. And, uh, you know, that they, I, I've been sort of amazed to see how many parents are concerned about this, um, that this, this is the topic, right, Bonnie? Yes. And if we're going to have a, a shelter in place 2.0 or 3.0, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't have the heart to say it on the air last week because it just was too bothersome. But um, I had been, you know, reading stuff that said people should be prepared for the fact that there's going to be successive waves of, of infection and we may have to do this more than once. And, you know, like next time we do this, if we have to do this, we all learn a few things about like what we need to do. And, and so let's do it right. For sure. Having your, having your technology right. plan up and running should be something that parents are talking about with their IEP teams now for the future. There should be something in the IEP that says if we have another school closure due to due to COVID, here's the distance learning plan, and it includes this particular platform. So there we go. Exactly well, I to offer a different type of differentiated learning experience for, for our most vulnerable population of students. That yeah, would be well, most acceptable. I'm really, I'm really excited about this, and I'm going to talk to the seven other attorneys in my office in about an hour. We have a group meeting, and I'm totally going to mention this to them. So thank you. No, yeah. thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Bonnie. And I'm more than happy to do like a free demo um, with any prospective families out there, um, as well as share our experience with you, too. So thank you so much for. We all, we all, like you. all right. All right.
I'm, I'm out of time, you guys, but thank, thank you, you so much for being here. Uh, yep. Check out their tutors, you guys, and you can write to Hassan if you want the demo. And it's Hassan at airtutors.org, correct? Right, correct. Okay. Do uh, it, but check do it. Yes, all right. Uh, thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Hassan. Thank you so much for being thank here, you. you guys. Have a great week. I take, thank right. you. I want to take just a second to address those two questions that I promised that I would get back to here. Um, and so we have one person who says, my son is 11 and has been spitting nonstop for several months. Um, it has, uh, I don't know why we don't have my camera on, but uh, on my screen, but we, uh, I don't know what happened, Draven. I don't know if people can see me, um, but he, it's as if the, he has too much saliva. He chews on his shirt and spits into it. He also spits into his palm and wipes it behind his ear. So um, yeah, saliva is, uh, is something that, um, the, the more you spit, the more you're going to make, right? And when it becomes, like, there's a lot of different functions to it is what I'm trying to say. Um, it has a sensory component to it. Uh, putting it behind your ear has a sensory component to it. Chewing has a sensory component to it. Um, and so there's a lot going on there. And I love that somebody gave you uh, a reference of a book and that you said you were going to check that out. But I would do a couple of things. I would uh, tell your pediatrician and have your pediatrician to check and see that there isn't something else going on uh, because it might be that he's having dry mouth, which is causing the saliva and that could be caused by a bunch of different reasons and you wanna rule out all the medical things, but then you wanna be working very close with an ABA, uh, a BCBA, somebody who's doing ABA so that they can watch exactly what he's doing and when figuring out what the behaviors are so that we can start to give him a more appropriate thing to be able to do other than spitting and putting it behind your ears, right? Um, because something is going on that he has that need for it and expecting it to just go away is the likelihood of that is like, you know, it's unlikely. Um, so I definitely, but there's too many components to it to sort of guess. I would definitely want to be working first with your pediatrician and then with an ABA professional to figure out what the dealy wheelie is with that. Um, okay. And then for the other person who said, how do I get my little to manned to use the toilet? He's on the potty schedule right now. So one of the things that you do when you're doing the potty training, that Fox and Azrin thing is that you're planning for the generalization right from minute one, right? So when you, like I buzz through it really quickly, but when you've got that timer and the timer is set to go off and, and when it goes, when, when it dings, we go, it's potty time, it's potty time. And we go off to the potty, right? So eventually, and we do that, you know, for a couple of weeks, right? And then eventually when the timer goes off, we look up and we go, oh, and we wait to see if the child goes, it's potty time, it's potty time, right? Uh, so we just do a reaction and go, oh, and see if they're going to do it because we built this response in that the thing dings and we go potty time, potty time, right? So it's just a, oh, and then if they don't, we go, what time is it? What should we be doing right now? And the child will go potty time, potty time, right? So we start that way. We're prompting them um, to mand, right? And we, and we, we, you know, paired it with the timer. And so eventually, um, you know, we have less of a response of the, oh, the thing dings and the child will go, it's time to go to the potty over time, right? And then eventually we make the ding shorter and shorter and shorter, hoping that he is connecting with his brain. It's not just 
the bell rings. It's not just the Pavlovian dogs, right? The bell rings now I'm hungry. It's the bell rings. My body feels this way. I pee in the potty. I get a reinforcer. And so we just lessen and lessen and lessen the ding of the bell until eventually he will just say, I need to go potty. And by the way, you got to reinforce the hey, nani, nani out of every time he asks to go to the potty. And it's difficult. Everybody goes, oh, well, that's easy. I got that. Except, you know, the one minute that you're in line, you know, with your mask on to get the groceries that you've ordered to be picked up at the grocery store. And that's the moment when your child says, mom, I got to go potty. Oh, and you're like, I don't want to go into the grocery store bathroom, right? Have a plan. Because when they ask to go potty, you got to take them to the potty and you got to reinforce the asking and reinforce the going. And it has to be 100% across the board. I would say if you like have potty training on board, you don't take your child to the grocery store where you don't want to take them into the bathroom. You avoid things that you, where you cannot do that. So hopefully that makes sense. I would just want to say hi to a couple of more people. Uh, Amifa, who joined us from Manchester, UK. Koyan uh, Thing and Mazrur. I love these names, you guys. I'm sorry I'm slaughtering them. Uh, and Jacqueline, thank you for writing in and giving more suggestions. Okay, you guys. So tomorrow on the show, we're going to change it up a little bit and we're going to talk puzzles because we all need to de-stress. We're going to spend some more time at home. And we've got the puzzles to end all puzzles. Uh, Masterpieces Inc. is going to join us and talk about puzzles. So it's going to be super duper fun. And plus, we're going to do a bunch of other stuff. And even uh, I hope we're going to have time to do uh, a meditation with you guys tomorrow because it's tomorrow. It's all about bringing the stress level down. That's what we're going to be doing. So until then, give your kid as a hug for me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.